Dear listeners, I'm joining you at the end of editing this episode just to give you a brief content warning. If you listen to this with younger people around, you may want to give this a screening ahead of time. That's all. Enjoy the show. I think that's... It's going to suck and it's going to be awkward, but yep. we have to talk. Uh, yep, okay. So... Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry Season 2, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008 when I was in high school. Each week, we hear a selection read aloud for what may be the first time and we examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron, and I'm dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey once again into my old private journal. Dave, do, do you like the, the new cover art? I, I've definitely looked at the new cover art. I've seen it. <laughs> Dave, I made it blue for us. I definitely have. I've seen it, I blue, think. Blue for season two. I thought that was kind of fun. Oh my gosh. Well, I wish we could talk more about that. Instead, um, we are <laughs> discussing right out the gate in season two what I consider top three most awkward of my own poems. And Dave has done me the disservice of not preparing a poem to delay this inevitability. I could, uh, I'll, I'll make up a quick poem. Um, Xbox 360, my truest and dearest friend. I will trust in your greatness through to the very end, even though I have not turned you on in years i just don't really care so you know feel your tears <clears throat> that really fell off there at the end it, i mean it started bad and got worse i mean it was an, it was a beautiful ode to a, yeah to a pastime that we spent many an hour on. sitting right there yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, we have delayed long enough. Um, so, as I have said, I think of my poems that we have worked through, I have felt cringy and ashamed of perhaps, I mean, many of them. Sure. To be clear. But I think like rage and obsession are probably two that, that were like, ew. Um, mm. This one, this one's up there for me uh, on, on about yeah. the same level. Uh, Dave's had a preview of it, just so, so you all know. Um, yeah, Aaron let me in on this and really wish he hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think your genuine first reaction might have been to, like, turn off and leave. So, um, yeah, just, that's just true. Prepping you might might have given me a couple more minutes of... Uh, <laughs> of time here of me insulting you yeah yeah Good. so if this isn't enough of like a content warning that it's cringe inducing be warned right and please realize 
I am cringing at this. These are these are words of a previous self that um, hopefully, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. Here we go. I I feel like to to preempt this, the reason we're reading this, even though it is very cringy, and there are things in here that are pretty uh, detrimental. <laughs> I feel like we should read this because of that. That's part of what we want to talk about in this podcast is how we grow and how we learn from past mistakes. Um, like I've said many times before, I'm very glad that I didn't have poetry that I wrote because knowing who I was in middle school and high school, oh boy, that could have been rough. Yeah, we should do some um, spinoff speculative fiction. <laughs> where you where you compose as your previous self uh no because i was again into some opera which includes some pretty inappropriate things from weird composers oh uh, fair enough yeah i don't even <laughs> want to get into what that could mean yep. just look up what mozart actually believed about the world around him and yikes well, here's a here's a glimpse into what I believed of the world around me. Right. This poem is titled Tempt Me Not. Tempt me not, lady of forbidden fates. Do you care for nothing but action? Leave me in my state of unknowing. Do not wake my mind of thoughts that are impure. Why must you tempt me so? You are a whore and nothing more. Let me love of words, not actions. Do not offer me forbidden fruit ripe for the picking, you distractor and tormentor. Tempt me not. Away from my true heart's desire, into desire blacker than night, a whirlpool from within. I have been waiting for, what episode is this? This is episode 9,000? 28. 28. I think I've been waiting for 28 episodes for rhymes. And the first rhyme you the get first rhyme is you are a whore and nothing more. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, when I read this yeah. back, I thought for sure I was stealing that specific line from Paramore. Cause I loved the band Paramore, but Looking up the album, did. I did. Looking up the album, that song, uh, Misery's Business, which says, uh, Once a Whore and Nothing More, that came out a year later. So I hmm. I can't even blame. Paramore stole it from you. Yeah, Paramore, Paramore broke in and read my wolf journal to get yeah. that one lyric. When, well. if they would have just turned the page, um, I have an attempted song called We're Better Off Friends, uh, oh just the gosh. page before. And uh, I wish we were reading that one instead of Tempt Me Not. But here we are, folks, because We're Better Off Friends is a song and not a poem. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yes, the first the first noticeable rhyme within the canon is atrocious. Yeah. And... Uh, uh painful to read right now um what is the poetic term for a rhyme within a line uh dr soyce 
Oh, no. <laughs> Which is how you actually pronounce his name. Okay, so according to Poetry Foundation, it is called an internal rhyme. So internal. while the rest of our the poem we have here still fits the free verse style that I seem to enjoy, right. we feature a internal rhyme here in the middle stanza. I will say, ignoring the content of the poem, it reads more interestingly than many of your other poems. Yeah, I, okay, yeah, if, if, we, if we remove ourselves from the toxicity of this. Right, we'll get into that. Yeah, I would say this is a much more poetic verse. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like there are there are lines in here, like the one, uh, the one that kind of struck me. Let me love of words, not actions. Yeah. That's a, it's a difficult line to parse, but when you spend a little time with it, you kind of get the concept outside of the words. Which I I don't know what that's supposed to mean coming from me, uh, <laughs> but I actually kind of appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. That it's not just your definitional phase of what am I? What is this thing? What is love? <laughs> Temptation, the feeling one has when being offered something <laughs> they should not have. <laughs> so, um, shall we get into this? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Context. I have some backstory that might be really interesting to parse out. I can tell you, based on the timeline of things, that this happens during Lent. Um, this this poem would have been during a time when I was in church more often, specifically on Wednesday nights. There was a person who I knew from church for many years who uh being a sophomore in high school suddenly i noticed her in a different way and she seemed to show some right. some mutual in interest uh, <laughs> how how can i say this without being extremely uncomfortable with the fact that I, my parents and sisters listen to this good luck yep um the confirmation kids helped out with the soup suppers and had to clean up afterwards before worship started. And there might've been a time when we were the last two cleaning up and so sorry, parents. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, and I laugh about this now, but at the same time, as someone who works directly with the youth program and oh, leads confirmation, gosh. I am so terrified of the world. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's like, I, I look back at that now and then I'm like, oh man, that means kids today are thinking and doing and the exact same things. It's right. We are, we are no different and they are struggling with these thoughts and feelings and, and hormones. Right. Yeah. I think the combination of spending more time with someone during a time in the church year 
when the first Sunday reading is the temptation of Christ in the wilderness and we get these ideas of fasting. Right. I think it's the perfect kind of crucible moment for this. Right. Again, it's not it's not an excuse, but it is kind of where I, I see this verse originating from. Right. I was kind of assuming it was going in that direction just because temptation has a very powerful history in the Christian church. I've been in <laughs> at my church. I've been teaching about the Lord's Prayer, which uh, has mm. the lines uh, lead me not into temptation. And so that's kind of where my mind was going. And now with the context that this was happening in Lent, Lent is 40 days mimicking Jesus's temptation in the wilderness. So that makes a lot of sense as to where, where you were going with it. And yeah, it's, it's not an excuse because that's not how the world should work. No. But the way that I think a lot of people see the world working, which is kind of the problem with the world. Yeah. The, uh, we've talked about this in, in a previous episode, and I wish I had looked it up again. It's a, a question of agency right? in which I am the innocent, almost bystander in my own view of things. Right. Having something presented to me that is not my fault, is not, not something that I am participating in. Right. When I was mutually invested in this tryst, shall we say. Yeah. And to be clear, what we are talking about here is making out. Right. Yes, it's in the church basement, <gasps> but nothing beyond that. Yeah. And I think that will lead to more discussion, maybe around purity culture, if we want to get into that. Yeah. I'm assuming that was a big chunk of your religious upbringing as well, because I know it was a big part of mine. Mm -hmm. And it's not until recently, I mean, until, I don't know, relatively recently, that I've started to understand the disparity in how we talk to boys and girls. I'm going to go back to TikTok. There's a great TikTok out there of uh, someone doing a, like, a boys' night purity culture discussion in the same way that she got a purity culture discussion in Ooh, high school. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Because I remember my like the conversations that I had around purity and that stuff. And it was very much so don't be tempted by girls. Don't let them tempt you. Exactly. And the girls were getting a completely different discussion. Their discussion was, how should you dress? How should you act? Don't entice boys into this situation. And it was very, so, uh, very much so shaming of their bodies and shaming of just, you know, their being whereas i never got any of that yes Alyssa read an article and then read a book by the person who had written the article who talked about how she grew up in purity culture and so when she finally got married she thought oh it's all going to be fine now but she still saw sex as this dirty evil thing mm. and felt like she she wrote in her journal calling herself a whore because she enjoyed sex with her husband. And it's just like, this is the most disturbing thing I think I've ever heard. That she can't, like, that 
she has been so demoralized and dehumanized by way of thinking that she can't be in her own body without hating it. Oh gosh, I want to keep that in somehow because that that's such a good point on how this culture is not just confined to the teenage years or yeah um to uh even the single life it is a culture right. that that follows you yeah. to the point where the dynamics within loving partnerships can still be toxic in expectations right. around uh, relationships. Yeah. 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 <sighs> and it is fascinating that I had never thought of that or experienced that. And I chalk that up to being a straight white male. A hundred percent. And I see that so much in this poem is that, yeah. again, I am blaming someone who I a hundred percent participated in the interaction and encouraged. Right. I mean, we were, we were both just interested in each other for for a little bit, and then we realized, eh, you know, we we don't run in the same friend groups. This won't work. But we right. had we had that moment, and um, I blamed her. Right. <sighs> yeah. Can I ask? You, you gave some timing. Sure. Um, can I ask when in your tryst did this poem happen? I think it would have been because um, we only really uh, did the 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 one Wednesday night like makeout sesh w once. Everything uh, around that was more just kind of like will we won't we type. Um, conversations and 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 flirtations sure. so my guess is at this point this is coming after the wednesday night i am getting a backlash of guilt from the fact that i was like five minutes late to the church service <laughs> right right yeah you are aaron after all i i am dut dutiful to a key but yeah i think this this would have been after the one incident of actual like f physical right. interaction yeah, yeah. <laughs> dear Ooh. listeners i would like you to see like uh go go into a box of crayons and find the reddest crayon you can um i want you to know that aaron's face is far redder than that <laughs> crayon currently i blame the lighting i feel like i can see <laughs> No, you are blushing in your hands. That's how far you are blushing right now. Mm. Yeah. I can see his hairline receding as we have this conversation. <laughs> uh, I mean, being the editor of this show, I, I just like see this being like a five minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to get back into that purity culture thing that you're talking about the double standard yeah. of um and this is a realization i actually texted you about this uh i think about a year ago um okay. i was feeling extremely nostalgic and i dug out some old cds i was listening to reliant k of course how surprising 
So Anatomy and Tongue in Cheek has some very puritanical songs and, and, and songs about like, I mean, like there's, what have you been doing lately is all kind of this blame game about people partying in college and how like, it's very judgmental. And then yeah. in the album, mm -hmm, you have the one I'm waiting for. I mean, you look at it and it's actually like, I'm still waiting for you to be the one I'm waiting for. And it's all about like purity culture. Yeah. And I, I don't think I really realized how steeped in it I was. I will say one thing that has come up for me in my memories of Reliant K is uh, the song Mood Rings. <gasps> yes! I've been meaning to make, bring that up in other discussions as well. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, it's it's a fun song and it's just like, mm -hmm. I think we should give people mood rings is how I remember it. Mm -hmm. But it's, we should give girls mood rings because we can't understand them. And if they had mood rings, then maybe we could know what they're thinking about and we wouldn't be so confused by their complicated talking to us and like expressing emotion yeah the complex infrastructure known as the female mind oh gosh i hate that as like a meme or as like a cultural touchstone and i think that song just really exemplifies how we it it not only like talks about how complicated women are but it also does the exact opposite where it completely simplifies them down to there's only one emotion they can experience at one time. And again, it's packaged in this fun, meant to be funny song, but you can't always separate like comedy and parody from the truth, mm -hmm. like big air quotes on that, that they're trying to speak. So like it could be a joke and they're just goofing around, but also it presents this idea that impressionable teenagers are listening to and thinking, oh, maybe my girlfriend or maybe my friends who are girls are just whatever. Yeah, you're 100% right. It comes off as Always. fun. Yeah, it comes off <laughs> as fun, but that was, that was a song. Uh, I mean... I have most of those lyrics still memorized because I right. loved that song. And then they came out with a book oh. called, it was something about the complex infrastructure known as the female mind. I never read it, but they were capitalizing. They like doubled down on this idea that like, it's about understanding women in high school or, or young or, or teenagers in high school. Well, you know who I go to to understand teenagers in high school? Christian pop punk bands. From Canton, Ohio. I mean, can anything good come out of Ohio? No. Right? Uh, is there anything else good we can... Or something else that we could pull from this? Great question. Luckily, the world has gotten so much better and we don't have to deal with these problems anymore. Right, Aaron? Everything is fine now? Yeah, this this is a, a dinosaur from the aughts. Never would a poem like this be written by a, a teenage boy today. 
right. Well, we've opened a can of worms, and I don't think there's a a big enough bow to wrap this one up uh, nicely. I feel like what this needs is many, many layers of concrete just to bury Ooh, it deep. Uh, I'm going to let you run with that on our first season two. Good or garbage, Dave? Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> you are the worst. Good, good or garbage? Yes. There is a fascinating conversation happening in modern science. Uh, and it's about what we do with nuclear waste because there are languages that are like 4,000 years old that we do not understand and we don't have any way of understanding them. And so if you think about how long nuclear waste has to uh, take so that it uh, not decomposes. Uh, no, it's, um... Well, the half-life, uh, yeah. whatever, so that it reduces down to non-radioactive material. Um, it's like 50,000 years. So there are scientists out there who are trying to talk about like, how can we show that this stuff is just terrible and you can't, you, you shouldn't be there because uh, language changes so quickly and there might be people who stumble across it later and you don't want to kill them with radiation. Um, and so far, my favorite has been bury it under concrete, and then you uh, erect like spikes out of the ground um, that like are made of steel, so that if you drive over it, uh, it destroys whatever you're driving on. <laughs> okay, and then you make this like the most haunted looking place that you can like imagine the scariest scenario from the worst horror movie you've ever seen um and i feel like i say this with love aaron that's where this poem belongs yeah and yet we have dug it up we have dug it up and hopefully Contain the radiation within these uh, sound waves. <laughs> Marion, close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at the arc. Oh, man. Um, I, I do. I think that it's kind of fascinating because I jokingly say that, but I think I jokingly say that because I know that high school Dave thought around or thought in the same frame of mind. And it's just so sad looking back and remembering like this was pretty standard for how we were raised and how how the world around us showed how men should act. Yeah. And boy, I just hope the world is getting better because, yeah, I, I can't imagine how tough it was to be a girl in high school. Like I had plenty of struggles, but the pressure that uh, girls and women are under. I I have nothing else to say about that because that's not my place to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. It's, it's a topic that we have no expertise in. And, right. Um, uh, it feels like this could be interesting to have a... Uh, a guest appearance i was thinking that i was thinking um yeah we'll see if we can make it happen
Sure, sure. But uh, we're going to end our time this week with the words of a true poet. This time coming to us from Alfonsina Storni, translated by Muna Lee. And uh, the English translation of this poem is titled Running Water. Yes, I move, I live, I wander astray, running water intermingling over the sands. I know the passionate pleasure of motion. I taste the forests, I touch strange lands. Yes, I move, perhaps I am seeking, storms, suns, dawns, a place to hide. What are you doing here, pale and polished? You, the stone in the path of the tide. what a better way to talk about temptation right (laughs) (sighs) like it just it like really feels like a palate cleanser like a weight is off my shoulders that's nice it's what these it's what these poems are for (laughs) you put up with my garbage hopefully you get like a mint at the end (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> get a mint at the end well um for anything and for everything that made you cringe i apologize and um this has been my bad poetry now go write some of your own bad poetry but you know not like not like this not like this bad not, write something better but like still bad yes yeah. that's how you just get emotions out well, that's yeah. fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe less toxic. Sure, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Rhyme free does matter. It's my bad.